Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Withrow Brothers Podcast. My name is Cody Withrow. My name is Jared Withrow. Yes, and we are Withrow Brothers. Um, thank you. I thought you were like, I thought you were pausing for a second for us to be like in sync. I, I was. I actually Withrow was. Brothers. Yeah, the Withrow Brothers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. So, um, what this podcast is about is uh, two brothers talking about what inspires us uh, from art to spirituality to anything of any positive life force that uh, is giving us some type of joy in our life. Um, and so we did one podcast a couple weeks ago. So now we, uh, we thought we should kind of, you know, tell people uh, who we are. Because obviously no one knows. Um, so, Jared, why don't you tell people something about you, about, about your life, what, anything? I am from Orlando, just like my brother. I started out um, doing stand-up and doing comedic rap songs out in Orlando. Then I moved to Los Angeles uh, kind of on a whim and also to come out here and do stand-up and uh, really I just had the opportunity to move out to Los Angeles and I, and I took it. So I've been out here creating content from, from skit-related material with my current roommates to my own individual songs um, and that ranges from comedic rap songs to instrumental piano pieces. I've been playing piano for 20 years and been doing stand-up out here and recently haven't been doing anything outside of my house like almost everyone else alive. Right, um, because of COVID. Which, yeah, because of COVID, um, which has been a nice break. It's been a really awesome break. Uh, and what led us to this podcast was both my brother and I have gone through a lot in life, just how everyone has, and we've like he, like Cody was saying in the beginning, we've found different spiritual practices or found, you know, the magic in, in art, movies, music, whatever, uh, whatever you, um, uh, just w whatever form of medium it is, we've been trying to find the inspiration. We wanted to share that. And also, uh, you know, kind of just add some, some positive vibrations out here and just see, you know, what this could do and, um, you know, this is Cody's idea to to start this up, and we're just kind of running with it. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, in a nutshell, me professionally, uh, me personally, um, doesn't really, I don't really know how to answer that because who are any of us? Hmm, but damn. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite quote from um, a mighty wind when uh, the the folks man, I think they're getting back together, and he's like, who are these guys? And then one of the guys goes, who are any of hmm. us? And I'm like, damn, that's pretty cool. So hmm. that's pretty much me yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. So it feels like we're in a 12-step meeting, you know. All right. It's been uh, very nice <laughs> and everything. Um, um, my name is Cody, and I am uh, 30, and I'm from Orlando originally and near there, Central Florida. And I am a screenwriter. That's my primary uh, job and goal and life purpose. 
and not just screenwriting, but creating. And I love movies and uh, I don't, it's so, I don't, I don't really, it's so hard to like to paraphrase your life. Who are you? So um, I'm really passionate about, about the arts and trying out and experimenting and really presenting any type of medium or craft that helps one understand a life's condition and understands the human condition. And I was in a film class one time and the teacher said, why do we make movies? And I was, I never even thought of it before. I was like, I don't know why. And she was like, to understand the human condition. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes, I was like, that makes so much sense. So I, after I heard that, I'm like, that's what I wanna do with my life is I wanna make art that helps me and other people understand the human condition. Um, but uh, on a personal note, I live in uh, South Florida in West Palm Beach, and I have a partner, Julia, and I live in a, in a nice townhouse. And just like Jared, I've been like living, not really doing anything but living inside of an apartment, a townhouse. And that's, I've been working on scripts, and that's been one of the blessings of COVID, is I've gotten a lot of time to work on and hone uh, writing pilots for TV. So that's kind of like the, the gist. I feel like you mentioning the fact that you have a partner illuminates the fact that I don't have any. I actions. actually thought about that when I said it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> You're like, oh, God. And I just went through a breakup, too, which is which is fucking hilarious. I, You know, the thing is, though, man, is and, and it's not just this time. But anytime I've ever gone through a breakup, I always want to write a thank you letter to that person because I feel like, you know, I'm very fortunate that even though I do get down and I do cry a lot, and I've cried to the phone on the phone with you um, and um, a bunch of other people recently, uh, it really pushes me forward in a way that I had to learn, but I'm grateful. So I feel like I got to like write people a thank you letter for, hey, thank you for uh, kicking me out of your life without, without a moment's notice. Yeah, man. Um, uh, what it, uh, have you heard the joke? Um, how do codependents? What does a codependent say when they break up with someone? I don't know. What? We'll get through this together. Oh, holy shit, dude! Fuck. Dude, drop a fucking Dr. Dre beat Bam. on that quote and just loop it. Yeah, Bam. dude, you know what's funny, man? It's because I, I fucking, I feel like that. I'm like, oh, man, like, I'll hit her up and we'll get through this together. And it's like, like, man, you got to traverse this path alone, young Skywalker. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, I like what you said about the human condition, man, and just, you know, understanding yourself better and understanding the human condition through your writing because that's what I feel like I've been applying yeah. with. I don't, I don't think I've applied that to my stand-up before as much as I wanted to, but I know that now I apply that to my piano because every time I play the piano, I I do it with a purpose of let me affect someone in a positive manner. Let me really like pour myself through this. So I, I you know, like when I put up piano or I send piano to someone or I play, it's no longer just like oh let me just you know kind of you know just play. It's really like, yo, let me be a conduit right now. Hmm. But, um, you know, uh, um, when I, I went to film school like for a few years and when I was writing out the, the, the essay for it, I was like, I was proclaiming my right to get in. 
by God, you know, and I was taught and I was talking about like, I am doing this for the human condition. And I was reading it to a friend of mine. And there my friend was like, um, like is this your manifesto? Yeah, he was like, yo, like he's pretty much saying keep to calm down pretty much like calm down. He said, you're, uh, you're scaring people away. In so many words, you're scaring people away because uh, I'm not saying you're doing this. But I, I realize that I'm excited about my craft and I don't even know why this just came to me. So I, this, uh, but I guess because we're just talking about all this creative stuff. But I, I used to say that I'm doing this to change the world and like of like of these amazing reasons, which was really cool. But then uh, he, my friend pointed out to me that uh, just tell people the truth of you're just excited and passionate about your idea. Yeah, I think we get carried away sometimes with how much we do like really care and how how much passion we have. Yeah, I wasn't even directing that to you. It was just friend, coming out. I what? wasn't directing that statement to you. I just want to say. Oh no 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 no! I know. I was just saying. Like, I, I totally get it, man. I'm totally yeah. empathetic about that because you know I, I've had people tell me like, "Yo, man, you're like I, I." There was someone out here that I used to see. And she told me, she's like, you're really intense. Yeah, I forgot she's that. She's like, when you look at me and yeah. I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> you have no fucking idea. You have no fucking idea. <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm intense? I'll fall in love with what your mom and call your dad every day asking why can't I get away from her? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's that's definitely me. Um, Yeah, so, uh, so in a nutshell, that is us. Yeah. That is why we decided to start this podcast. It's really... Um, just sharing our passion and our intensity and hopefully someone else, someone else hears it and they're like, Oh man, that's cool. You know, um, as we go along, you know, the, the road, we're kind of, we're kind of like laying the tracks as we're bringing the train along with us. So this is definitely uh, uncharted territory for both of us. Yeah. So, um, it's going to be a wild ride, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, um, last time we talked, we talked about, uh, Damien Eccles and yeah, before yeah. we get into the deep stuff, we, I think we should, uh, uh, we got to talk about the, the movie Twister. Oh yeah. For a second. Oh, wow. Cause, cause that was, that's been coming up on the zeitgeist recently. Cause you know, honest trailers just did it. And then, um, uh, if you don't know what honest trailers is, honest trailers is a YouTube channel that. Um, they do kind of voiceovers and make their own trailers and give a raw, honest, comedic take on the movie. And so they did uh, Twister, which is a movie from 1996, I believe. And it's about Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt as ex-boyfriend and girlfriend who are storm chasers trying to chase storms and become legends in the storm chaser game. And uh, Cody just... uh, you know, you, he had just, you just texted me that uh, you watched it. And then Kirby, our sister, who is in our group chat, uh, responded uh, with one of the, the classic lines in that classic. movie of, uh, yeah, the, the, the Bill Paxton, the main character, is talking about the, 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 the bad guy, if you can even call him that, because how do you have a bad guy in a disaster movie? And he's like, he's in it for the money, not for the science. He's a nightcrawler. Just uh, is that what he calls yeah, him? A nightcrawler. He's a nightcrawler. 
He's in it for the money. Have you seen the movie? Have you seen the movie Nightcrawler? I have, and Bill Paxton's in it. Oh my fucking god! Holy shit, dude, that's so crazy. I didn't even realize that. But I was gonna say, crazy. dude, Jake Gyllenhaal's character Nightcrawler is a lot different than a guy who's trying to chase a storm for money. Like, man. Is uh, but, uh, so what? <laughs> that is crazy. That Bill Paxton, the actor was in the movie Nightcrawler, and he says, he's a Nightcrawler. I, I, it's weird. And Bill Paxton is, is dead. Rest, rest in peace. Yeah, RIP to Bill Paxton, man. He talked about uh, iconic, man. I mean, it, dude was an Aliens, Predator, and Terminator. Like three movies that we grew up because dad was so obsessed with stop motion. Yeah. And science fiction. That was like, it's stop motion. We have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't so, know. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. What, what I don't know what he had with James Cameron, Cameron, Bill Paxton, but uh, it's weird. He was in Terminator. Was he in Terminator 1 and 2? He was um, in both of them, wasn't he? How was he in Terminator 2 if he died in that's 1? That's the point. He's, that's because James Cameron brought him back. How the fuck did... No, he didn't. Okay, hold on. He he kills him in, in one, because he's like... Uh, oh, I forgot. Was it Laundry Day or something? I don't know. He's like one of the punk rockers in one. He's not in two, because two, Terminator shows up at a bar. Yeah, dude. He, he, he... I think they bring someone that looks like him back in like Terminator 4 or 7 or whatever the fuck it is, but... What um, year did Terminator... Uh, the re, the, Sorry, go ahead. Um, uh, too bad we don't have another person to pull these things up like Joe Rogan does. Yeah, you're, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pull. looking at it, and you're right. He's not. He's in Predator Two. Wow. Okay. Bill Paxton's yes, in Predator so, so, Two. Anyways, yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. And so, and so we, I, I just brought it up to kind of like cushion the blow of like what we're gonna dive into. Just uh, it's just so funny that I was like thinking about Twister so much. Then you no. It, so if you fu- if you haven't seen Twister, um, the the bad guy who's not a bad guy, he's just he has a group of storm chasers himself, but they're more uniformed. They have black SUVs. He's more well put together. Um, he's the guy who stars in Princess's Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, and it's funny though. He's he's like he's in it for the science, not for the money, and. He's hated, and he and as you watch it now as an adult, you're like, dude, he's not that bad of a person. Who are you to judge Bill Paxson, uh, who's like emotionally unavailable to his wife and chase, chasing Helen Hunt, who's even more emotionally available and addicted to uh, the thrill of the chase? Um, yeah, it's funny. Not really funny, but yeah, if you have if you haven't seen Twister, you really got to see it because it is hokey, but it's actually a really cool movie because I think it's yeah. one of the few di- I think it's one of the few disaster movies that doesn't have like this just like it has like a lighthearted comedic edge to it it's not like like the day after tomorrow the volcano movie with Tommy Lee Jones like any of those movies are that are disaster movies are just like it's like you're fighting a volcano that's like what this is about or like San Andreas like the rock is gonna save us <laughs> and it's like I, I get it because like they're 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 blockbuster minded ideas, but Twister and they even made a ride about it. You know, know. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, listen to this. The budget was ninety two million, 
and the box office was four hundred and ninety-five million. <laughs> Ninety-two million budget, four hundred and ninety-five point seven million. That's that is a blockbuster hit. A blockbuster hit is when you make three times, or I think it's two and a half times over your budget. That's a blockbuster blockbuster like times platinum. I mean, like that's uh, like a few times over. That's insane. Yeah. See, the thing is, is like I, I'm, I'm. That was probably a good thing and a bad thing because someone was like, "See, I told you this was gonna work. I told you that disaster movies." I just don't understand for the life of me. <laughs> and I'm probably glad they didn't, but why didn't they make Twister 2 and Twister This year, coming and out, Twister 4. Helen Hunt's father's dead, but Bill Paxton's father's still alive. And now we watch... <laughs> it is kind of ridiculous how Helen Hunt's father just is like, Aah! like just, fly, just flies away. It's like... You don't have to guard the door because we're not flying out. So why don't you just sit next to us? You won't fly out. Stop guarding the door. Yeah, yeah. He's like, if I would have known that I only had to stand five feet away from this door, you know, no one's like, hey, Dad, what are you doing? But um, the, the uh, Twister 2 when uh, it talks. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> it has like, they put like CGI's yeah, on it. Yeah, or like, uh, uh, you know how they did with like, uh, so you, you have like Alien, right? Which was a very, uh, you know, nuanced film. Alien was very eloquent. And then you had Aliens. And it was just, you know, and that's funny because Bill Paxton was the They fucking dropped the ball on this. And he just, <laughs> it's just, and it's just balls to the wall. Like, like, it's just, it's like if Alien did a line of Coke, that's what Aliens is. So Twister, they should have made Twisters. And it was like, like a planet that was like, taken over by twisters and like twisters like lay eggs in you and you turn into a twister i don't know this is getting way <laughs> I off know. Hand, way off the fucking subject but um i just uh like i said if you haven't watched twister go see that movie because it is one of the it's it's silly but it's also really good because i don't i don't say that ironically i don't think like oh you gotta go watch the movie because it's ironic it's that's a cool movie man that's such a cool movie um yeah yeah but, uh, it is um on, an, on an, uh, another side note, or another note, um, because I, I'm assuming we're done with Twister, just the way you were segueing it. Dude, we're done talking about it, but we're never done. I know. It's so funny. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's, Twister's a great movie. Check it out. And I just finished a, a script, and in terms of, like, of passion and inspiration, uh, it feels so good to finish something, to finish a project. That I've been working on, and uh, I just feel I've been working on the script for it's been like a few years off and on, but uh, since COVID has happened, I've been really, really working on it uh, nonstop. And COVID's been a, a hidden blessing because it's given me so much time to work on it. But I literally like I'm 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 about to turn it into a competition, so um, it just feels very, very. It's uh, what's the word? It feels like just very comforting, of following through with something, and completing it, and then being very, very happy with how well that I feel like I was I completed the task. Oh yeah, that's 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 you know that's pretty much, you know, half the battle with with doing anything is just seeing it through completion. You know, because whether 
are not it ever gets picked up or you know and it's and it's a great piece of work like i told you last night like i, I love it um is your writing gets better every time you do something and uh the success of it though shouldn't be measured by i mean in one sense it is it's like measured you know the success of like whether you know anything happens with this but the more important thing is is that you actually sat down and, and finished something and i think that that is a a lesson that you'll be able to take with you in everything, you know, because I was actually looking at one of my new books I bought um, uh, that I have right here, Learning Ritual Magic by John Michael Greer. And I was reading it, you know, this a little bit because I want to read my other book from Damien Eccles, which we'll get into in just a second, um, before I uh, um, before I get into that one, I want to finish the other one. But I was looking at the new one and I was thinking, you know, I really got to read all of this. I, I got to do this. Like, you know, the it's it's it says something about a person when they when they pick something up and they, and they finish it no matter how small or trivial or how big it or small it ends up being you know but um yeah um uh, it's taking me it's taking me as long as it's needed taken me to understand it doesn't really matter about the results and it's uh i've like accepted in my creative in my creative career that it doesn't really matter where i go all that matters is that I know that I'm doing exactly, I'm giving it, I'm giving a hundred, a hundred percent. And it's, that sounds so simple, but I really have came to terms with that, especially in this year of being home for COVID of really coming to understand uh, I'm happy with what I'm doing right now. Um, and it makes me happy writing stories and whatever happens, happens, you know, um, obviously I'm going to try my best though to, I'm gonna do everything to you know to further my career, but but I, overall I'm just really I'm really uh, content, which is nice. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that's all you can do sometimes is just you know finish the work and put it right. out there. Uh, just wait. Yeah, I mean that's, that's like a lot of things in life. You have to just show up, you know, do the work and show up, and 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 see it through. And take solace in the fact that, like, it's such a, I think it's such an empowering um, move when you realize that you're not in control of anything. You're only in control of what you do. And so you don't have to worry about anything else because it, you, worrying is not going to make it happen. Worrying is not going to speed up time or make your life go by any faster or slower. So it just makes you stressed and worried. So re relinquishing that control pretty much just shows the universe like, hey, I'm not trying to dictate things. Like I'm not some like, but, but it's kind of crazy because I, I just kind of came to the realization and this is kind of like segueing into what we're about to talk about, like spiritual sustenance. But, you know, having an idea in your head of how it's going to go and directing the energy that way and you can set your mind to it, you can set your energy to it, show up and do the work and then it, the rest is kind of out of your hands. So there is stuff that you can't control, but there is stuff how you can control, but how you look on it. You can look on it favorably. You know, like the other day, um, I was telling myself, you know, like money, money flows to me. Like people like me and they want to give me money. I say that to myself a lot, right? People like me and they want to give me money. It's a stupid little like mantra that I have. Dude, I went out for a walk to get some ice cream. And on the way back, I found 20 bucks on the ground, hmm. right? And then my roommates went out of town this weekend and they got cats, and I don't mind, you know, looking after them. Like, I don't care. And then my roommate texts me, and she's like, hey, uh, uh, I just sent you 20 bucks for looking after the cats. Nice. 
And that wasn't something that I was worrying about. It wasn't something I negotiated. And then the more that it comes to me, the more I just want to give it back. So like, I want to make sure I tip people well or, you know, go buy locally or, you know, not like hoard this gold like a dragon, like in Lord of the Rings, you know, like Schmaug and actually just push it forward. Um, but but that, that intention is there. That energy is where I put it. You know, and if I, you can't shut yourself down and be like, well, I wrote this script, so... Oh man, like, you know, who, who knows? Nothing's going to happen. It's like, if you think like that, yeah, the universe goes, okay, cool. Like whatever, man, you don't want anything to happen and you can't control anything, but you can put that vibe out there of like, Hey man, this is what I envision, which gets to what me and you, you and I have come across recently, which is, um, high magic or ceremonial magic. And, um, do you, do you want to jump into yeah, it? Yeah, well, I was going to say that, um, what I, with what I've been doing with screenwriting and not just screenwriting, but, but one thing I've been doing is affirmations. And every day I say, I am a successful screenwriter. And when I'm running, I go, I'm a successful screenwriter. And I say it to the point that, um, I try to, to the point that I'm not saying it, I am that and, and feel, what does that even feel like? What does it feel like to be a successful screenwriter. And I realized right now, if I was, um, if I sold over $3 million worth of scripts, how would I feel and talk and sit right now? And I, and I've realized, um, not, not a lot would change cause I'm, st it would still be me. And I'm like, wow, I already am. Um, I already am what I'm searching for. So I've been really embodying my affirmations and not just saying, um, I am a successful screenwriter, which is, and I, I've been doing it for a short time, but it's uh, it's definitely impactful, you know, having a repetition that I'm saying. Well, I like what you, I, yeah, I like what you just said. You said you already are what you're searching for because the circumstances of the world, if you keep measuring yourself against those, you're always going to end up short because life is in constant change. And you realize, like, I, th I think about that all the time because I'm like, man, dude, what if I, what if I just like, you know, had like my streams went crazy with my piano and I got all this money all of a sudden, or like I got a, a great acting, uh, I got booked and some really cool thing, or, you know, I made some ridiculous amount of money. How, what would I, what would change in me? And I thought, you know, besides just a little bit of like, okay, I know that I don't ever need to go back to work for someone for a very long time. Uh, I would be exactly who I am. And it's very freeing because you're like, Oh, I can just be that, that settled and that that at peace right now yeah yeah it's amazing which is which is so cool um so yeah let's get into yeah, it yeah but like you said also in the affirmation what's that oh, yeah, go ahead. oh no like you said those affirmations you say them so much that you just are those things yeah you know like uh and you realize like you know you, you you've settled into this idea of like you know what like i can just say i am and that's and that's good enough. But yeah, so um, so my brother and I, uh, have gotten into ceremonial magic or high magic, um, which is, in a nutshell, the Western practice of spiritual sustenance or spiritual enlightenment. Um, there's a lot that him and I, uh, that Cody and I, don't know because we just started getting into this, but we got through this. Uh, we got into this through a gateway uh, drug, if you if you if, uh, if that term applies here, through a show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel, created by 
Duncan Trussell and animated by, I believe, uh, the company or the dude's name is Titmouse. And Duncan Trussell had a great podcast, has a great podcast, is a comedian, really cool guy, really, really interesting out there dude who's into synthesizers. He has a show called Midnight Gospel where he animates his podcast episodes, uh, a few of them. And episode five or six, I don't even want to say the episode because I'm not sure, but one of them is Damien Eccles. Damien Eccles was in, uh, he was in a group or a group of teenagers called the West Memphis Three. If you don't know who that was, it was these three kids from Arkansas who got convicted of murdering three little boys. It's pretty much a witch hunt. Uh, he was in solitary confinement and on death row uh, for a total of 20 years. And then new evidence came out, and they found DNA on the, um, uh, unfortunately, on the on the boys that passed away. And it was not any of the kids who they, the teenagers who they had blamed. And so they let them out of, of jail, of prison, and Damien Eccles started practicing magic before he went into prison, but he got into it more when he was in on death row, and that's what he attributes to him not losing his mind and his sanity inside prison and so he's on one of the episodes of the midnight gospel where he explains to duncan trussell ceremonial magic like i said which is from in a nutshell i I just want to say this uh, i how he describes it i wrote this down uh high magic a specific spiritual tradition a amalgamation of gnostic christianity esoteric judaism taoist energy practice and often forms of divination such as the tarot or i ching oh beautiful thank you so much because i didn't want to like um i didn't want to bastardize it because i I didn't write it down um i'm here and so the crazy thing right that's why you're here so this isn't just some rogue uh miscellaneous show (laughs) uh uh, which is really funny, man, because uh, I was introduced to the Midnight Gospel, and I didn't think that I would like be into it because I saw the animation. I was like, I thought it was just another one of these weird, wacky shows that's out there. And then I watched it, and I was like, yo, the whole show is amazing. And then that episode, Damien Eccles, really, I was like, man, what is high magic? What is ceremonial magic? And he was talking about angels and enlightenment and Western iconography. And I was like, yo, this is really cool. I passed on Midnight Gospel to Cody, not... You know, what really got me into that show was actually the last episode with him and his mom. And so I passed on Midnight Gospel to Cody, not not purposely doing, oh, man, let me show him, uh, you know, Damien Eccles. It was just like, let me show him the show. And then he hit me up and he's like, yo, man, like, who is this Damien Eccles guy? And about, I think, a day or two before he texted me that, I started really getting into him. And I didn't think to share that with him because I didn't think, you know, anyone else would like be into what I'm into right at that moment. So I think both of our, our like our brains were cracked open by this guy and what he um, introduced ourselves to. And, and for people out there, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. That's my bad. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, and, and, and also this is something that's been going on for a long time. So Damien Eccles is not the founder. He's not the creator. Um, he is just another practitioner. He is a student and a teacher of this 
of this practice that goes back, I think, to ancient Sumeria, I believe. Whatever, whatever is modern-day Iraq or Iran. God, I don't want to fuck that up. But this has been going on for a long time. And in fact, he says that uh, the, the Bible is one of the greatest books of magic ever written. You just have to see that. You just have to learn how to read yeah. it. And when I, when I found out that, I was like, wow, this is really cool. So Damien Eccles is just one way into this thing, which is called ceremonial magic. And so I are high so, magic. And, by, and so I ended up getting... I was going to say, by the way, low magic. Low magic is earthly wants and needs which is like the black magic and the magic that you hear about that's like spells and everything. This is, you know, high ma magic, which is for your higher self, which is not your earthly wants. And that's the difference of like, that's why it's not all black magic. Um, so I just wanted to say that. Yeah, the theurgy and thaumaturgy are... Uh... Oh man, what was it? Hang on, let me look at this because uh, I it says uh, I have the book right here. Uh, yeah, there's there's two types in in magic about. Oh yeah, theurgy and thaumaturgy. Theurgy is the process of aligning ourselves with the source of creation in order to become more like it. On the other hand, thaumaturgy refers to practical magic, which is about improving your life on the material plane. Um, so for for I'll let you answer this question, then I'll answer it. But uh, what? What resonated with you with with Damien? Um, I know it's the way that he spoke about it because he has a very earnest and a very passionate way and a very he's not it's it's like he's not forcing he's not preaching he's just saying hey this is what I'm into and you can just tell like wow this guy really believes in it right. so when you watch that episode you know did you watch it one time and you were like damn like magic cool or did you have to watch it? You know, and just the, and just did you, did you go back and watch? Yeah, it and again? I just want to say that um, for someone who hasn't seen it, uh, if you're looking through it, it's the fishbowl. It's the guy. He looks like a fishbowl. It will say Damien Eccles, but and he has a he has a ship full of cats, and the cats are his are his crewmates, and it's just amazing. Um, the first time I saw it, uh, it was it resonated, and I don't I don't really know why, I but I I really did feel something. And then uh, listening to him talk, and one thing that really, it was like, you know, the first time of seeing it, hearing all the information, I was like very cap captivated. It's, a, it's episode, it was episode three, sorry, episode Perfect. three. Perfect, yeah, so. Um, Repeat that last thing. Yeah, sentence. well, the, um, the first time I saw it, I was captivated, the first time, and uh, what really captivated me was it was the, it, the tone of his voice. There really was something in his voice. But when he talked about being on death row for 20 years, and then when he said that when he was leaving uh, prison, he didn't feel like he was uh, captured anymore. He said that he was in the he was no longer in the cell. He was in the uh, in the control tower. Control tower. When said, I, dude, I love that dude. When, yeah. he, when he said that, oh, I'm sorry. No, go, no, go. exactly. No, when he said that, I, I just he had my attention. I was like, I don't really hear, not really slicing anyone's religion down. Uh, the way he talked about it was a way of not saying I've been saved, but he said, Oh, I've been saved, in a way that I was like, Oh, well, how how are you saved from your mind like that? You know. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of. Um... It kind of reminds me of uh, the hurricane, uh, the boxer, uh, the Denzel Washington uh, in the movie, when 
he just never leaves his cell. He's like, okay, cool. I'm going to be in here. This is my, this is my, uh, uh, you turn your, 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 the, the greatest thing I think that anyone could do is turn their prison into al uh, is turn it into a, a sanctuary, become an alchemist. And that doesn't have to literally mean you're in jail. I mean, cause COVID right now, you know, a lot of people feel like they're prisoners in their own home. And so like, how do you turn hell into heaven? Which was what Damien did. But yeah, when he said, uh, it didn't even feel like uh, I was in jail anymore. I felt like I, I wasn't in prison. I was in a control tower. And it's like, dude, you're talking about death row, like solitary confinement, no sunlight, violence, prison, and someone. And this is the cool thing about Damien. He says that he is thankful for his time in prison for what it, it was. Where, yeah, where, where it, brought it was him. good karma is what he was asked. You think it was good karma? And he goes, I totally do, which is crazy. Yeah, that's what's really helped me recently look through anything in my life and go, this is good karma. This is good karma. Like, my heart's broken right now, you know, going through all this COVID thing, being away from you guys, being away from our niece that was just born, which I, I like, that, oh, man, like, I don't even like that feeling. And then just, you know, I, I feel like right now from all angles, it's just coming at me, and I'm sure a lot of us feel like that. But to hear someone say that was good karma, I'm like, okay, cool. What happens if you take everything that's thrown at you and, and turn it into good karma? And then that's cool because that right there is a practice of magic. Yeah. Like you are literally becoming an, an eternal alchemist by taking these seemingly shit and turning it into gold. Yeah. And I just want to say this, that uh, as you're listening to this, if you never have experienced a herd of magic and we're talking about it, it's like, well, what what is it? You know, I, we said that the definition, it really is... Um, and in the simplest terms, it's it's like meditation. Uh, however, it's you're using your mind, you're using visualization. So you're seeing light, and you're seeing your uh, you're seeing the universe. You're in, you're in, you're visualizing it, and through this, it's like you're lifting weights for your imagination. But it's not letting your imagination roam free. You're putting your imagination to work. Uh, and you're connecting it with breath and the body and uh, presence and feeling present to your body. And it really is, it's, it's, a, it's a meditation, but it's a dynamic meditation that calls for all your senses. And you can't just kind of sleep through uh, a high magic ritual. It requires your full, I, I, I got to tell you, I've been, it, it's exhausting. It's, and I, and, and, uh, I like that it's not easy because it shows me that there is really something to this of building uh, inside of yourself. So uh, the practices are very, are very minimal. They just require you and your body and a room and uh, your complete attention. Uh, yeah. Like you said, it requires practice. That's, that's the thing. It's like uh, this requires you know, you know, Cody and I right now are very, 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 very novice to this. This is like we're taking our, like dipping our toe into this ocean right now of knowledge. And so, uh, but the biggest thing that we've been learning through the initial practices that we've been going through, Damien Eccles' book, High Magic, is um, activating energy inside of you, connecting you to the earth and to, and to divinity. But regardless of what the practices are that we're going through right now, there's practices and I was looking into my new book a little bit 
Um, and he was talking about, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Sorry, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, John Michael Greer says, you know, a lot of places go, okay, you know, just, just, just focus about being a good person and that's good enough. And he, and he gave this really great analogy. He goes, there's a big difference between riding a bike and just knowing that bicycles exist. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what it is. It's like, it's like, you know, you can, you can talk about bicycles or you can go get one and start to ride it. And that's what magic is. It's, 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 it's a spiritual, um, it's spiritual substance, but it has, oh, pardon, sorry, but it has practices and those are what makes you a good, uh, what they call magician, you know? Uh, and, and like I said, we're just like literally like two weeks or three weeks into this. And I mean, it's already been changing my life and I've already felt like, like, and also Damien says something really cool. He goes, we've always, you've always been doing magic. You just might not have known. And so a lot of this stuff, the practices, I don't know, but it kind of like the idea and the feeling behind, I already felt like, oh, this feels oddly familiar. Totally, you know, I yeah. never, I, I, and like, and also what he said uh, in, in, in the episode where he says, um, I got more out of months of ceremonial magic than I did out of years of traditional Zen uh, Buddhism meditation. And, th and then he goes on to say, because some a lot of it is Western iconography stuff that just we know because we grew up in the West, you know, yeah. and so... Uh, I already, you were, it's already in us innately, but for me personally, because uh, they talk about, he talks about how King Solomon, um, who is known to be the wisest and richest man who ever lived, is also one of the greatest practitioners of magic ever. And before all of this stuff started happening, um, I ran into three people that mentioned King Solomon to me. Uh, I had a friend named Solomon. Um, my friend Bryce mentioned a book about Solomon. And a girl that I randomly met and never saw again told me about uh, a book about King Solomon. So I was like, man, like, why am I getting all this like King Solomon things coming to me? Like, you know, cause I'm not a religious person. I don't, I don't, I don't care to be religious. Um, I dig the Bible a lot, but I'm not religious. And then, so when I heard that, and then I also, I heard about how, you know, ceremonial magic talks about invoking angels and working with angels I was like, oh man, this makes sense on a level that nothing else has ever made yeah. sense because I've chased after Christianity. I've looked into Buddhism. I looked into all of these spiritual practices and they were all like, okay, cool. Like, I always felt like there was a wall I had to climb to get to those things. And and just watching, because um, I think I watched all of, of, of Midnight Gospel all the way through and then I went back to Damien Eccles' episode because I was like, well, well, who was that guy? Like, what was he talking about? Like, you know, because he is like a Southern guy, a Southern white guy talking about spirituality. And it's kind of like uh, Bill Hicks or like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, you really don't get to see too many Southern people that have an eloquent way of speaking. And you don't like in, in, in the popular zeitgeist that we don't equate the South with, you know, intelligence. Yeah. You know, it's always like that. Hey, y'all, that dumb Southern hick thing. And, you know, even, even you know, you and I don't have a Southern accent, but we're from the Southeast, but really Florida is the South. Yeah, you know, I just want to say there, there really is a big, a huge culture gap. Uh, and he talked, they talk about that in the episode with, we don't have elephants or monkeys, uh, which are, you know, signs of divinity in like Hinduism. We don't have those creatures like here. 
And when he said that, I, I was like, I never even thought about that. But with Eastern stuff, we, we, it just doesn't connect. And um, when I was at, when I, when I, when I went to, uh, I spent 30 days in an ashram, I kept feeling that and actually make, it kind of connects. I just didn't feel, I don't want to say like I belonged, but it just didn't add up. And so uh, I just had this, I had the same effect too with hearing someone who, is a regular dude, well, like a person like me, you know, not Indian. Yeah, there is a there there is a cultural difference. Yeah, and some people connect to something faster, and some people don't. But there is, there are cultural differences, no matter how you you True. cut it. So to be able to to um, for me to come into magic or to just hear about it and go, oh yeah, that like, I mean, it, it's it's funny because I think I was telling you this too, like. Um, couple of days ago is like I feel like the energy of magic is working through so many different avenues that it's pulling things closer to it and so for us to hear it and go that's it whatever that is I want to get down on like I want to I want to read about this and then you know doing like the middle pillar which is so let's get into it let's talk about it okay cool let me, let me finish this like this this sentence real fast uh just get like the just feeling like there is no limitation because this doesn't have to adhere to a certain book. You know, this like there's the practices that have been laid before you, but like he said, this is for seekers, this is for question askers, this is for people who want to make their own path. This isn't something you blindly adhere to. Yeah, so uh the middle pillar. So um uh do you wanna start talking about the middle pillar? Um go ahead. I cause you uh, I know you're a little more familiar with it than I am. Yeah, so like I said, I only got into, um, uh, you know, magic like a couple of days before before you did. So it's not like I, I know all these things. I just know that I've been doing the middle pillar yeah. a little, a couple, a little bit day, more days longer than you. And I've been doing it like two to three times a day. So pretty much the middle pillar and this is completely in a nutshell. So like I said, if anyone's listening to this that you want to get more information, uh, do more research than what I'm about to give because I don't, I don't know if you have anything written down or what you have planned to say, but I'll just kind of give like a basis and then you can jump. Yeah, there. totally. Cool? Yeah, so okay, the middle pillar is a ritual that you perform where you are going to repeat phrases in Hebrew and the phrases translate to I am the Lord God of knowledge and wisdom, the almighty Lord of the earth. And that is through a, through a system of imagining chakras or spheres, uh, five of them throughout your body. And what you're doing to preface this is that your this practice is to help you feel connected to divinity, to the grand source of all things and earth at the same time. And I know when we talk about God, people kind of get turned off or like, oh man, but I'm not, we're not talking about God in some kind of biblical or any kind of sense other than there is a grand supreme intelligence and um, uh, creation out there that we all came from and that we're all going to go back to one day. And I believe that. I don't just say that because that's in the book. And so you start out with the, the top of your head, which is the, the white um, sphere and that is a glowing sphere on top of your head that is connected to divinity. And below that, in your throat, 
is a pearly gray sphere. That connects you to divinity. So you have a thing in your throat, uh, metaf metaphysically, metaphorically speaking, that connects you outside of your body to the, to the light sphere that's connected to divinity. Then you have the light keeps on traveling down into your chest, which is a gold sphere. This is your conscious mind. This is pretty much who you are. You're working back up, your conscious mind, your part that's connected to, to divinity, and then to divinity. Then going down to your pelvic bowl is a purple sphere. And this represents your subconscious mind, right? And then you go down to your feet and there's a black sphere. Now the black sphere is gonna connect on top of your feet and then the half of it, second half, is gonna go into the ground. This is what connects you to the earth. And then there's gonna be a light underneath that that goes down all the way to the center of earth that connects you to mother nature. So you are connected to earth. So it's essentially Hebrew, it's essentially a, a cross. A kind of, no, no. All that's that's the quabalistic. No, cross. I'm saying all lined up. But keep going. Oh yeah, well it's 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 a it's a straight line. It's not a cross. Oh, keep going. Yeah. So 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 you have it, up top. You have uh, so I'm just gonna run through the Hebrew. Uh, Oh, you know, I'll just do it in English because like, I don't I because I, I, I don't want anyone to get confused here. So the top light is um Ahie, which is Hebrew for I am. And then you go down to the sphere in your throat, the Lord God, uh, which is uh Yehovah Elohim. And then you go down to the gold circle in your chest, which is of knowledge and wisdom, which is Yahweh uh Yah. Yehovah Eloah Vadaoth. <laughs> and then you go down to your pelvic region, which is the purple sphere, uh, the Almighty, Shaddai El Kai. And then you go down to your feet, Lord of the Earth, Adonai Ha Aretz. And there's a whole process of this. So, like I said, this is just like us basically running through this to kind of just, you know, uh, outline what we've been practicing. But like I said, when you do this, you are saying that you're Lord God of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, uh, the Almighty Lord of the Earth, and so from top to bottom, God, you Earth. So what you're doing is you're reminding yourself consciously and subconsciously that you came from divinity and you are here on Earth. And with that line or that that uh, that 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 um, that straight line from the center of the Earth, Mother Nature, all the way through you back to divinity is like a straw straw, and you can draw upon energies. And so this is a spiritual practice as well as an imagination, uh, like a, a metaphysical practice to really start, you know, triggering everything in you to remind yourself that you are much more than just, uh, just this, you know, human being of flesh and blood. You're more than just your biology. Yeah, and when you repeat those words in Hebrew, you vibrate them. So they send those vibrations through your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I was going to read this. It's funny. It's funny. You, I literally was about to read this. Uh, by vibrating these words, you remind the deepest parts of your psyche that you carry the spiritual DNA of the creator of the universe. You are literally God. I'll beat sheath and flesh. I'll bite sheath and flesh. What is A-L-B-E-I-T? I'll beat I'll oh, man, oh I just look at it. Um, oh, I'll oh, be look, it. it's um, although, 
I mean, yeah, it's like it's like the ocean and the drop of the ocean. Like like the universe is in the ocean, and we're just drops of that of that universe. You know, like yeah, you're not the whole universe, but you contain everything inside of the oh, universe. It, it's it's saying uh, you are literally God, although sheathed in flesh. It's a conjunction. Sheath and oh, sheath and flesh. You know what sheath is, right? Yeah, like a sword. Yeah, I was just saying, like it just uh, sheath and flesh. Like it just sounds like a cool rap song to me. Um, but so I, I, I just wanted to say that I've done the. I've been I've been practicing the middle, middle pillar, and for this magic stuff, it is, it's actually. It's 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 intense versus just praying or meditating because it, it requires you. So the first few times I did it, saying the words was definitely new because I don't speak Hebrew, and uh, that's something. And he's very you know he he's very encouraging in the book though, and he says you know like give it time. Um, I will say though I, I uh, when I, one of the times I was doing it. Um, I did feel a power. I did feel a connection. Uh, I, I felt grounded in, and not the world, but I just felt like connected. Um, it's it's kind of even hard to describe, but it, it there's definitely you don't think that you don't think it's possible for there to be power and visualizing light going through your body, but you're it it actually is changing and and. There's a few times where I've done magic, well, more than a few times, where I feel my body get hot and I can feel the energy. Um, so when the... Oh, yeah, it's a very real... It's a, no, go ahead. Uh, that's a really... You know, it's a very real thing because you're dealing with energy here. It's not... Because, you know, because I... Cause I, I I know that it can sound hokey or it can sound like magic. Like that sounds like stupid or silly, you know, or it just sounds like whatever, but you're dealing with energy here. And whenever you're dealing with energy, energy is obviously a very real thing and it's tangible. And anytime that you start, you know, interacting, you know, with energy on any level, it, it, it's, there are no barriers. I'm sorry, I'm about to burp, so sorry. There is no barrier for energy, like for, for, for consciousness, you know? And so to start like expanding your consciousness to all the way to heaven, to the bottom of the earth, you know, stuff does happen. Like I've, um, and like you said, like, like it drains you. It's really draining because it's going to use up your energy and you have to be really careful because there's times when I've done it and I've kind of been feeling like I don't really feel anything because I think I might've used up my receptors mm -hmm. and uh, there's times like I did it last night. Um, and man, my whole body felt electric yeah. and I felt like, you know, I was like, Whoa, there's definitely something going on. Oh yeah. And I, and I oh, fuck, I'm so glad I remember because I gotta tell you twice now when I've kept my eyes closed. So I've done it a few times outside when the sun is up to kind of really, you know, like if you look up at the sun with your eyes closed, which isn't that great of a thing to do, but I would just, try, I would try to glance up in that direction and I could actually really like feel that white light of divinity and kind of use that metaphorically. Uh, but then I've done it in the dark. Uh, but twice now that I've done it, I've, you know, with my eyes closed, um, not after I've looked at the sun, but when I was in the dark, uh, I saw this, like, this sphere 
that was like cracking open with golden light. And it was only there for a couple of seconds. And, um, you know, you know me, I, I, and, and, and just so everyone out there knows, I've had um, multiple visions, uh, some on psychedelics, but some completely sober during meditations. I've had out-of-body experiences. I had an out-of-body experience when I was about three or four, when you and I used to share a room, I think when you were just a baby, or it might have been before you were born. Um, I had an intense out-of-body experience. Um, I've had dreams that were so vivid and also uh, premonition dreams. So I've already felt like I, I get to see things or I get to bear witness to things that, you know, I'm like, what are those things? And so those two times, I'm like, man, because uh, Damien talks about now how, you know, this angel came to him when he was in his meditation in one of his practices. You know, he didn't see this angel like right in front of him, literally, but he saw it in his head, you know, as clear as day. And I, I go, man, like I, I totally get that, you know, because we were doing that breathing exercise and I had that out of a body of experience right next to you. And there was that being guarding over you that I had the interaction yeah. with. And so when Damien was talking about that, I was like, wow, man. So energy is very real. And when you open yourself up to this, it's like you have to kind of do it uh, genuinely and wholeheartedly because to me, this is probably one of the realest spiritual practices that I've ever been able to take part in. And I've only gotten like a teensy tiny bit into, you know? Yeah. So we're actually about to, uh, believe it or not, it's almost an hour. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, um, this is, uh, what? Oh, no, no. I was going to say, um, so I was just going to wrap up and then I was going to say if you wanted to touch on any rap music or anything that you've been listening to before we get off. Um, uh, not necessarily like get into rap music, but I, I cause I, I also was like, you know, when I was listening to Nas the other day, Illmatic. And if you haven't ever listened to Nas Illmatic, it's the first album by uh, Nas, 1994, amazing rapper. But I was like, man, so much of magic is in rap because you have these kids that grew up having nothing, envisioning themselves as kings and that's kind of what magic is, is like envisioning, you know, and, and projecting and, and, and kind of like, uh, I don't want to say manifesting your destiny is what magic is all about, but it is a practice of, of manipulating energy around you. But yeah. I'll just let me wrap up what I'll say is that um, if anyone out there wants to know more about magic, high magic, uh, Google Damien Eccles, look into him. He's an amazing human being. He's got some really cool... Uh, his YouTube is so awesome because he just gets right down, you know, uh, he doesn't have a lot of bullshit in his videos. He gets straight to the point of what he's talking about. This has really helped me profoundly deal with things. And also, I don't find it coincidental. You know, I, there's no coincidence, but it's, it's so crazy that you and I both got into it and both were like, whoa, what is this? Like, I, I, I need this in my life. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So if you if you're hearing this and you're not, not even sure, at least check out the Midnight Gospel on Netflix. That show in general, even if you're not into spirituality, it's just interesting. It's just an interesting show, and the speakers, uh, the topics are just so out of the box. So um, check it out. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like like I said, anyone that um, wants reference material to what we've talked about. Midnight Gospel on Netflix, High Magic by Damien Eccles. 
Uh, Duncan Trussell is the guy who created Midnight Gospel. Amazing comedian. Uh, you can check him out because he has so many amazing guests on his podcast. Um, and I think right, what I think the biggest goal for Cody and I to do the Withrow Brothers podcast is to pass along the current of of inspiration and positivity, and that if we can somehow help other people find something that can help them get through their days right now, because I know a lot of us are going through pain, uh, not even just right now, but in general. So if, if we can kind of be conduits and mediums for energy of, of change and spiritual progression and spiritual sustenance, I think that this is what's really, really what this, what this podcast is about. Yeah. Also, shout out to our sister Kirby and her husband Stephen yep. for being amazing people. And in showing so much interest in wanting to hear our our podcast, even though we're only one episode in. And thank you so much, Kirby, for your feedback into our last episode. And her little girl. And uh, and your little girl, who uh, I cannot. I'm just. I'm so happy for you guys that someone like that little that little cute baby girl is on planet Earth. Yeah. So, uh, in closing, do you have anything that you want to close with? Uh, yeah, I, I love closing with what Bill Hicks said, man. Bill Hicks is a great comedian. Uh, you put me on, dude, it's so crazy, man, that, that mom put me on to Lenny Bruce and you put me on to Bill Hicks and I'm supposed to be the one that's into comedy. I'm supposed to be the comedian piece of shit. and I didn't know who those guys yeah. were. I am a piece of shit. Cause you were like, do you know who Bill Hicks is? But Bill Hicks says, it's just a ride. It goes up and down. It gets scary, but this is just a ride. And you can look at life through the eyes of fear or the eyes of love. And I encourage you to look through the eyes of love. And to anyone that listens to this that's going through a tough time, I know what that's like. But even if you're crying, even if you feel like your heart is shattered, believe me, if I've learned anything about you know, shattering is that every time I've put myself back together, it hasn't been by my own accord. It's been by my friends and my family and music and art. And behind that veil is what I call God what I call the supreme architect. It's all working for you and with you. Life is not just happening to you. Life is happening for you and with you. And if you're going through pain, good, keep going. Because that only means you're getting closer to your truth. And that if I could ever do anything for anybody, I hope that I'm achieving that because I want to earn my keep on planet Earth. Beautiful. Great. Well, until next time, everyone, stay true.